Thank you for joining us for another lesson from God's Word. The West Huntsville Church of Christ at Providence is located at 1519 Old Monrovia Road, Northwest, Huntsville, Alabama, 35806. Anytime you're in the Huntsville area, we hope you'll stop in and be part of our worship. Sunday morning worship is at 9 o'clock, with Bible class immediately following. Sunday evening worship is at 5. Midweek Bible study is held Wednesdays at 7. morning. Appreciate you being here for class. I think this will be our last class for the quarter of uh, talking about uh, unremembered characters or uh, forgotten characters of the Bible. And this morning, we're going to be talking about one of my favorite and because of the lessons that I have learned from this, and I hope that you will find it uh, helpful as too. <clears throat> I wanted to talk about Valerian Eager first because I, I want you to know something that I experienced that really helped me appreciate them more than I ever had before. And I think it will help you appreciate them as well. This particular instance happened when I was over there. If I, my memory serves me correct, it was when we were doing our first um, shipment over there to help the Ukrainian brethren uh, there. And when we went over, there was just a lot of time of waiting for uh, authorities to release the shipment and Valeri and Igor, uh, went about their normal activities, uh, unlike when we had, uh, campaigns over there. Uh, they were going about their normal, uh, routine. During the early morning, sometime around 10 or 11 o'clock, uh, there was a knock at the door, went to the door of the church building, and there was what looked to be a, uh, a homeless man, a, a man who was uh, pretty ragged clothes, uh, was one who had probably not bathed in a while, and uh, went and got Valeri. Valeri came and talked to the man, and he brought the man in and uh, sat him down in a chair. He went and got a bucket of soapy water, and he washed the man's feet. The man's feet were in boots that were pretty worn and were wearing on his feet, and his feet were covered in sores. Valeri washed those feet, and he put salve on them, prayed with the man and talked to him some. And I don't know if he ended up studying the Bible with him later or not. But that's the type of men that you were listening to today. Uh, very humble, very uh, spiritual men who are serious about living the Christian life. And that particular instance just really touched me and helped me realize just how 
uh, authentic these men are in their Christian faith. And uh, I learned a great deal at that time. First Kings chapter 16, we're introduced to Ahab, who was one of the most wicked kings, I suppose, of Israel. And we're told that he married Jezebel, the daughter of Ethbaal, king of the Sidonians. And uh, Ahab went and served the Baal and worshipped him, and he built an altar, uh, a temple to Baal, and an altar and an image of Baal. Very bad things. And then in chapter 17, verse 1, we're introduced to Elijah the Tishbite, um, who was a great prophet of God. And Elijah had gone to Ahab and told him, basically because you're uh, not following God, you're following Baal, uh, there's going to be a time when there won't be dew nor rain these years, except at my word. That was what the message was from God. Um, I think it's interesting to point out that there would not be dew, because dew provides a lot of water for the earth, uh, a lot of moisture there that can help things grow. But for some years, there would not be dew nor water on the earth. This is going to be a bad, bad drought or time of dryness in this area. And God told uh, Elijah that he needed to get away from there because he knew that because of the things Elijah had said that Ahab would be seeking him and trying to take his life so he told him to go to uh, a brook called Cherith, which flowed into the Jordan. In verse 4 of chapter 17, he said, And it will be that you shall drink from the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and stayed by the brook Cherith, which flowed into the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, and bread and meat in the evening and he drank from the brook. Uh, I think the thing that I wanted to point out here was God was providing for Elijah, and he did it with the ravens, which showed God's control over the uh, wildlife, if you will, the, the beast of the field the uh, birds of the air, God had control over them. Another thing that I think is important to note from this is that we think we have to have three meals a day. We, we have to stop three times a day to eat, but these birds brought Elijah a meal in the morning and a meal in the evening, and that was sufficient for Elijah as the Lord saw that he needed Eventually, the brook dried up because of the great dryness that was there. And so Elijah was told to go to Zarephath, and, which belongs to Sidon. 
and dwell there. He said, see, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. I think it interesting to note here, first of all, that this is in the area of Sidon. And remember, this is where Jezebel was from. This was not a lady who was of the Jews who worshipped the God of heaven. She was a Sidonian. And as you're going to see, she talks about Elijah's God as your God. Not my God, but your God in a moment. We will see that. Verse 10, so he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed a widow was there and said, uh, gathering, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, please bring me a little water and a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, as the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, Do not fear, go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me. And afterward make some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, The bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry, until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah, and she and he and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. Some things to point out from this is that, again, God said that he had commanded this lady to uh, do this. We don't know how that happened or um, if it was just something that he... uh, wrought within her to do as Elijah said when he came and and asked for the water and for the uh, cake for himself. But he asked for her to do something that I think is important for us to get a lesson from, and that is he said, go and make me one first, and then you go and you make for yourself and your son. We're going to talk a little about this later, make a a lesson from this that I think is important for us a little bit later, Uh, just to make some comments fully about this, and then we'll come back. I have pointed out before in classes that I have done, and and maybe um, some of you might remember, some may not. I know there are a lot of newer people here. But as I was a a kid and I read this, for some reason, I don't know why, in my mind I envisioned that when she did this, that 
all of a sudden the, the bin and the jar became full and there was all of this food that she knew that was going to be there to feed them through this time period. We don't know exactly what this time period was. Uh, we learn a little later, um, I think it's in chapter 18 there, when the time comes for the rain to start coming again, that this was about a three-year period that they were without rain. So I'm assuming probably that Elijah was with the widow here for a year and a half, maybe two years, I think, of this time that he would have been with her. But as I read this again and look at it, it, it appears to me that the bin and the jar did not just automatically fill up, but it stayed with this handful of flour and a little bit of oil that this lady had to get by on. And it never ran out. She thought that she was going to eat just this little bit and that she and her son were going to die. But God provided that it did not run out. It was always there for them to have as they needed. God has provided that He or He has indicated in the Bible several times, and this is basically can be seen from Jesus' prayer in Matthew 6 as He taught the disciples to pray that His daily, our daily bread is what we are promised. Our daily bread. So many times we expect to be able to have that which gives us assurance that I'm going to have months down the road, what I need to get me by. A lot of times we're like the uh, the farmer who fared so well from Luke chapter 12. And he said, look, I've got all of this. I'm going to lay up. I'm going to build more barns. I've got it laid up. I'm going to have all I need for months and years to come. but he wasn't going to live that long. He didn't end up living that long. But as Jesus pointed out in Matthew 6 and in Luke 21, as he talked about the uh, importance of our not laying up treasures on earth, but rather in heaven, Jesus pointed out that the things we lay up on earth are subject to being destroyed by moth and rust. They're subject to being stolen by thieves. And we don't need to place our assurance and confidence in those things that we can lay up here in heaven, here on earth. Because things are going to happen to those. As I'm nearing retirement, I appreciate something that I've seen many times in those who are Retired, who have been retired for some time. Many of them have been through periods where their retirement income was based basically on investments that had been made for them in the stock market. And so the stock markets would take a huge dip and all of a sudden what they thought they had 
for years to come to live on went away. Many times it brings about anxiety and concern about what am I going to do? How am I going to live? But this particular story right here has always given me assurance that God will provide my daily sustenance. He will provide what's needed. David said, or the psalmist, I don't remember if it was David, the psalmist in chapter 37 or Psalm 37 verse 25 said, I have been young and now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor the children of of God begging bread. Their children begging bread. And we we read that. We read the uh, Matthew 6 account of Jesus saying, don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear. God knows your needs. He provides for the birds. He provides for the flowers. He'll provide for you. He loves you. He cares for you. He will provide for your needs. Daily needs. And this particular instance with this widow helps me realize that it is at times when we have a going away, if you will, of things that we have laid up thinking they're going to be. When those things start dwindling and going away, it is that that time that we can really know our dependence on God and how that He is the one providing and not we ourselves providing the things that we need. For several years, every day, this widow went to this bin. She went to this jar. And it looked like it was going to be empty. (laughs) It looked like this is it. We're not going to have any more. But as Elijah told her, it never ran out. It was always kept being just enough for their daily sustenance to see them through until that rain came. I pointed out that uh, this widow, I think probably was a worshiper of Baal. I don't know for sure that she was, but it seems to me that she probably was because of being um, a Sidonian. Verse 12 of 17, she said, As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin, a little oil in a jar. Um, Elijah will go ahead and and tell her that, uh, acknowledge that God is speaking through him. And... uh, In verse 16, again, the bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. 
so here she is seeing this kind of thing happen all along. And the thing that Elijah said was true. But it's interesting to me that it took another instance for her to really believe that Elijah was speaking from God, that Elijah was a prophet of God. In verse 17, it happened after these things that the son of the woman who owned the house became sick and his sickness was so serious that there was no breath left in him. So she said to Elijah, what have I to do with you, O man of God? Have you come to me to bring my sin to remembrance and to kill my son? And he said to her, give me your son. So he took him out of her arms and carried him to the upper room where he was staying and laid him on his own bed. Then he cried out to the Lord and said, O Lord my God, have you also brought tragedy on the widow with whom I lodged by killing her son? And he stretched himself out on the child three times and cried out to the Lord and said, O Lord my God, I pray, let this child's soul come back to him. Then the Lord heard the voice of Elijah and the soul of the child came back to him and he revived. And Elijah took the child and brought him down from the upper room into the house and gave him to his mother. And Elijah said, See, your son lives. Then the woman said to Elijah, Now by this I know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord in your mouth is the truth. I don't know if it took this for her to really grasp that Elijah was a man of God, that he was speaking the truth. Um, it's hard for me to believe that she did not see that even with the uh, things that were going on with this food that just constantly stayed there to provide for them all these years. But um, at least it came to this point that she acknowledged that uh, Elijah was a man of God, and that he spoke for God, uh, spoke the truth from God in the things that he said. We could go to several different passages, and uh, I've got plans to go further if we need to. But there was something I wanted to do today that... Uh, you may find good, you may not. You may participate in, you may not. If you don't participate in, we'll go on to something else. But uh, I have found myself uh, in a situation similar to that of the woman. Seems many times, not many times, but several times. In a situation where the income was just not there to pay all the bills and we thought, how are we going to make it? What are we going to do? And I've told this story several times. Uh, and it's interesting that I find that many people have had this type situation. And so I'm asking you, we're, we're going to bring a microphone around to you, please, so everybody can hear you. I'm asking you, if you have a situation similar, to share that with us today, because I want us to, to be assured and see that God provides for His people. 
He provides their needs, even if it comes down to a daily thing God provides. And we don't have to worry. We don't have to be anxious when we get in some of these situations that tend to make us that way, that tend to to put us there, and we just can't seem to help it. We need faith and assurance that God will do just as He did for this lady uh, who was providing for Elijah. The the one that I wanted to, to talk about, which some of you have heard, others may not have, Lisa and I were um, young parents, had trying to keep our kids in Madison Academy. The school district we were in would have been a horrible place for them to to have to go. We wanted them to be in Madison Academy, and we were doing our best, but it was just like things were not going to work out. We just couldn't meet those needs. We were sitting at the table after supper, sitting at the supper table, talking about these things. The phone rang, and there was a person on the phone who said, I need a babysitter. Would you take care of my kids this summer? She said, yeah, I'll do that. Exactly what we needed. We had nothing to do with it. We had no idea that was going to happen, but it happened. A couple of months ago, Melissa was being a little bit uh, anxious about the fact that we were closing the store and she didn't know what she was going to do. And some of the plans that we had made were falling through. They weren't coming out like we thought they would. They weren't working like we, they thought, we thought they would. And uh, so she talked to me about it. We were at the store and she talked to me about it some that morning. And I told her the story that I just told you. And I said, God always provides. He'll take care of us. He'll provide whatever we need. Don't worry about it. I don't know how He'll provide, but He will provide. Next morning, Melissa came in. She was laughing. She said, Dad, you're not going to believe this. She said, I went home last night and I got a call from somebody that wants me to keep their kids and they're going to pay me this big amount of money (laughs) to keep their kids. And I said, well, <laughs> that that is amazing. I, it was so weird that it happened that way, just with the same type situation. But God always provides. He always does. And as I've told this, like I said, there's I've usually run into several people who have had a situation similar to this. And if you had... I would like for you to share that with us today so that we all can see that this is not uncommon. It's not a a strange thing, but it's a common thing that God does for His people when they are in need. He doesn't provide a huge thing, but He provides our daily need and the jar just doesn't run out. The bin just doesn't run out. It's always enough just there for us to get by. And He does provide. Uh, I don't know, you, 
Have you got some people with mics or? Okay. Um, I've got some people here with mics. I would appreciate it if, if you have a comment you would like to make about this, please be sure that you keep it concise if possible so that as many people as possible can share the, um, situations that they may have had in their lives. Um, Keep it concise and wait until we can get the mic to you so that everyone can hear, please. Anyone have an instance like that that you would like to share with us? Did I? Okay. Samuel. Is it on? Okay. Um, yeah, so many of the same things happened to me and Catherine when I was in school still. Um, I was working part-time at Publix while we were, while I was in school and there was so many times that we'd come down to like the last day right before some bill was due and we wouldn't know what we we're going to do and no, I mean, no more than a couple minutes later we'd be talking about it and Catherine would get a text or somebody needing to come in and get a color or a haircut or something. It would be, just what we needed, and it happened. You know, she was always saying, "Well, it'll, ha-, you know, it's going to happen. It'll be fine." And I was, I was the one that was doubtful. <laughs> yes. Until I got to experience it many times, and it, it just happened over and over and over again. So, okay, it definitely does happen. Thank you, Samuel. Um, anyone else? Right here. Um. <laughs> As many people know, um, I went overseas to work, but I didn't go till I was 46. And I had decided in my life that it was a time that I needed to go. So I was at work, and I just mentioned in personnel that I was looking for a job overseas. So in no time, a job came up in Korea. I applied, and I got it. It was just like, and then from then on, Every time I decided to do anything, things just worked. Rented my houses in immediately. Rented it for six years, no problem. When I got back, they wanted to buy it, they bought it. One time when I came back, I had come back to stay. I was offered a job again, went back. Everything just always seemed to work. Then when I would try to sell a house, I'd sell it. I never had a time that I had to make a payment, and I kept thinking, someone is just really, you know, God is watching over everything. It just worked out, so it was meant to be. Okay. One time I had like um, six months left on a two-year two thing with my house, and I thought, well, I can't. They had to move out early, and I thought, well, now i got six months I'll be paying. Well... In no time, the preacher at First Christian Church came in, and he rented it for six months. And I was like, so so you do feel like people, something, something is just working the way it should be, and you feel like it's God's watching everything. Okay. There's, there's um, definitely things that we can't know. Exactly, but 
so many times things happen when without our input in them, without doing what we think we would have to do ourselves to make things happen, and they seem to work out as, as we need to provide what we need when we are at a point of not knowing how we're going to provide right. for what we need. Right. Thank you. Anyone else? Have someone here? Okay, Brother JB, let's get a mic for Brother JB here. And I know that this is um, maybe not as concrete as we would like from things from the Bible, but there are things that happen in our life that I think we need to take note of. We can't know about them beforehand, but a lot of times looking back, we can see God's hand in some things. When we were anxious and thinking, I don't know what I'm going to do, but God provides. Just like this situation with the widow and her son, God provides on a daily basis, Brother J.B. Well, I can identify with that on several occasions, but I'll just uh, briefly say that uh, on a fairly recent occasion, uh, we were in the process, we were in a difficult situation. And <clears throat> I was about to try to go and uh, seek employment in another place and I tell you, I still can't understand it, but the Lord sent us help while we're still here in Huntsville. And on another occasion, I can remember uh, some similar situations. And I could go through several occasions because I don't want to get into any direct situations, but the Lord is really working, and I, I, I see his hand. Even when we made our latest move, I can quote a situation to where he, we could see his hand in that clearly. Okay. Thank you. Anyone else? Okay. Miss, uh, we got a mic over here again. Oh, okay. Hello. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Well, I just want to share with you guys a um, uh, story of mine. I'll be brief about it. Um, got into a situation when I first started my family and my wife. Everything was going good and well and, and perfect until one of my son got sick. He needs uh, medical attention. This was back in Samoa, the island of Samoa we used to stay. So uh, we had to bring him over to Hawaii for, to look for better care for him. So we moved to Hawaii to bring him over. We thought after you know, looking for a doctor there, he's going to be fine and going back. But after um, you have um, CTI scans and MRI, Found out he have a permanent uh, 
brain damage. Um, we were overwhelmed and uh, can't go. I don't have a job. Um, I'm thankful for my sister offering his living room for us to stay. And then um, I stayed past Pi. Um, she has planned to move in Alabama. She came here like the church here in Huntsville is good to raise a family here. Um, they're a good Christian here and the church is strong. We knew nothing about Alabama here in Huntsville. So I, I decided to move with her. We came here. It was great. It was great to be here. A lot of um, brothers and sisters here help us out. I, I've tried to apply for a job that I used to do in the island, which is internet teching kind of thing. But I guess um, company here don't take my weight limit. I was a little bit overweight. Yeah. <laughs> but um, my first job that I first worked here was uh, a deli here in the um, McAllister. They only paid me eight, eight bucks an hour by then. You know me, I have a big family. So I keep praying and praying and, and finally now, um, I'm blessed. I own a landscaping business. I'm blessed with uh, a lot of jobs and I'm, I'm thankful that I have these jobs and able to provide for my family and I'm, I'm just grateful to be around good Christian. A lot to be thankful to the Lord for, and we're thankful that the Soli family found its way here too. <laughs> you have been a great blessing to the church here, to the city, and we're thankful for you. Uh, i got one more here, and then we'll, uh, I'll go to something else here. But I, I wanted you all to see that this is not uncommon. I recently I went forward and dedicated, rededicated my life to the Lord. My husband had stood up, had a heart attack, and fell down dead. And he didn't have insurance, and he had a company that didn't have royalty that came. So I was still in the house, and they turned my electricity off four different times because I couldn't pay it. And recently my I needed an electrician real bad because the lights went out. And uh, lo and behold, the teacher we have in front of us came over and he figured it out, flipped, flipped a switch, now I have lights, yay! And uh, I wanted to go back to work because I was supposed to be teaching over in the Philippines and I got a request to do something exactly what I could do and then Chris said he could come over tomorrow and uh, work out how to do that in the computer. So I just want to thank okay. you all for that. All right, thank you. Okay, uh, just to share that this happens a lot for people, and I know that probably there are other situations that people are not wanting to open up and talk about right now. But it is a lesson of faith that we need to to learn from in this this widow and the fact that God provided for her on a daily basis. Another lesson that I think is important for us to get from this is 
in the fact that Elijah asked her to make him a cake first. Oftentimes when we get in this situation where it seems like our income is not what we need it to be, it's not taking care of all of the bills, one of our first things to do is to say, well, I can't make a contribution. I can't, I, I don't have enough. I, I don't have enough to pay my bills. How am I going to make a contribution to God? And I think from this we need to realize that no matter what our situation, God needs to come first. In our budget that we plan, God needs to come first. And if God does come first, He'll provide what we need for all those other things. That's the promise Jesus made. That's what we see from this example. It's what we learn from many of the other biblical examples that we have. That... We've got to trust God and not neglect giving to Him, even though it may seem that we don't have enough out there. And so many times I'm afraid that's what happens to us when we get in that situation. It's important for us to remember that that contribution doesn't need to stop. It doesn't need to be put aside. It doesn't need to be the last thing on our list as we're working up that budget. When we work up that budget, it needs to be the first thing. Always the first thing. And then we can plan all the other out. If we're short, something else will have to be short. But, know that God always provides for our daily needs. And He will provide when we put Him first. Um, another lesson in, in that vein from this that I think is important is when we turn to the other side of this thing and we look at a time when we've got a lot. When we've got an abundance that God has blessed us with because it seems like through our lives we go through different times. We'll go through periods where we don't have a lot, a period where God blesses us with a lot, then maybe another time when we don't have a lot. And sometimes when we get in this area where we have a lot, we fall into being like this abundant, this farmer who had the abundant crop, who had all of these things, and all of a sudden we quit depending on God. We quit, we stop thinking God is the one who provided this. Yes, I've got it. Yes, I worked for it. I, I, I worked to try to get it. But it's important that we never forget God is the one who provides it. 
And at that time, we need to be sure we don't forget God in our contribution, in our deciding how we're going to use this abundance that He's blessed us with. We don't need to just say, well, okay, God's provided me with all of this abundance and I'm going to lay it aside and it's going to take care of me for all of these years ahead in my future. And uh, I can't, I can't give out of it because I'm liable to to get too low over here, and and it's not going to provide enough for what I need in the future. We need to be sure that we don't do that, as we're blessed in abundant times as well. Be sure God is first always in our planning with the blessings that He provides for us. And know that He will always provide our daily sustenance. We don't need to be anxious or concerned about that. God will provide. Did you have a comment? Thank you for being a part of the class and for participating in the the uh, comments there. I think that will probably wrap up the things that I that I had to say there. Let me see if there's I don't I don't believe I'll go any further uh with that, but just thank you for being part of the class. I hope it's been helpful to each and every one. Look forward to starting a new quarter next week. And Thank you for having Valerian Eager speak to us today. I know that may have been a little bit difficult. You you kind of get a feel for what things are like when you're in a foreign country with a translator. <laughs> it's it's not always easy, but we do the best that we can, and it usually works well. Uh, have a good day. We hope you have enjoyed this lesson from God's Word. If you would like to continue your study of New Testament Christianity, please send your name and address to World Bible School, West Huntsville Church of Christ, 1519 Old Monrovia Road, Northwest, Huntsville, Alabama, 35806. Or if you prefer, send your name and address by email to wbs at westhuntsville.org.